And another one gone, and another one gone, and another one bites the dust. Hey, I'm gonna get you too. Another one bites the dust. Hello again. Well, I might as well just jump straight into it. First of all, yes, I am aware of the pops. Uh, because I realise that actually I'm quite shouty. So there's a lot of pops going on. And yes, I am getting a pop filter. So if you're going to write a review, don't mention that. Because I've already taken care of it. Now, let me get into exactly what I've just literally come out of doing. Which is having some communications with um, some nice people. Uh, that are trying to help me to update my passport. Not my UK passport. Because that's relatively easy to update. Uh, but essentially they've asked my permission for them to contact. Uh, a law firm that deals with this. Human rights related things. And they mentioned the common case. And I was like okay I've never heard of that. What is the common common case? Um, is basically the case of this Romanian guy who got married in Brussels to to this other guy and in the EU you know marriages need to be recognized between different countries but of course Romania doesn't recognize gay marriage so this guy was like okay um, I need my partner to be able to live with me in Romania because we are married and he should have the right to live with me as with anyone else in any other country in the EU. And Romania said, well, no, because we don't recognize that you are married to him because marriage is between a man and a woman. So this man cannot be your wife because he's a man. So <laughs> essentially they had to make this case saying okay well if you have the right to free movement and that is connected to your spouse and that has to be recognized by other countries then should you know is Romania obliged to allow this spouse of this man to also live there if they got married in a country in the EU that recognizes gay marriage uh and I think the outcome of it was, you know, many years later, however long it took, the outcome of it was, yes, they should recognize it because because of those things. Anyway, don't get me don't get me into the legal stuff. I'm not interested in that. But basically, um, I read some interesting statistics on one of the articles um, because one of the law professors in the UK has followed this case. So. Uh, there were some statistics there talking about how even though the countries in the EU are supposed to have this interchangeable laws, not interchangeable, but it's supposed to apply to them equally, the countries themselves are so diverse. And in this particular example, I think it quoted, you know, Finland, uh, where over 90% of people are in favor of same-sex marriage as opposed to uh, Bulgaria where like 17% of people are in favor of same-sex marriage. So essentially 
a major, 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 major difference in how people perceive homosexuality in these different countries. And so, of course, their laws are going to reflect that. And to try to kind of force them across these different societies is is difficult because people uh, have these extremely diverging views. And that sort of got me thinking about why that is. Why do you have a place where everyone is totally okay with this and then not far away another place where everyone is totally not okay with it? And some people quote the religious element of, oh, it's just, it's religion. But yeah, but that doesn't really explain it, does it? Why? Why? And um, I thought, actually, it's really to do with, with, the, with, the, with the value assigned to it. And I think it's, 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 it's a kind of a function of, 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 of wealth as well. Um, in poorer places, the actual raw value of people, literally the meat of people, okay, not in a cannibalistic sense, but in a esoteric sense, the actual meat, okay, the actual genitals, the actual wombs, the actual babies, the actual meat of humans, <laughs> and what it can and can't do is worth a lot more and I suppose that also uh, explains um, the high fertility rate in poorer places the actual human thing the object of a human is is a lot more valuable than in rich places where it's a lot less valuable and you can you know you can buy people for all sorts of different purposes outside of slavery but you know in terms of eh, whatever prostitution surrogacy you know organs you know you you can sort of literally buy these functions and these meats <laughs> this is so <laughs> such a bad starting point jesus um but essentially the the value axis is shifted and actually this plays into the reason the podcast is called the good shit is because you have two you have you have two points on this axis that oppose each other one of it is material possessions and wealth and money and security and the other end of the axis is um the sort of symbolic meaning of value which is connection love uh, meaning, transformation, etc. Um, if you do astrology, you know I'm talking about the second and the eighth houses opposing each other. And essentially, if you're rich, you're kind of lacking the eighth house values. And if you're poor, you have plenty of that, but you have no money. And these things are constantly trying to balance each other out. So, you know, if you're poor, you know, the fact that you can have five, six, seven, ten kids is absolutely a huge deal and probably the best thing you could possibly do with your life. If you're rich, it's probably the worst thing you can do with your life because there's many other things that are actually way more fun and way more interesting and can give you a, a name for yourself. But anyway, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. The point is, it's worth more. 
So the concept of a marriage between a man and a woman, which basically means the expectation of people's life purpose being having kids, is pretty self-explanatory. And I think, it, I think the issue with with people, you know, being in same-sex relationships, is less less to do with you know, oh my God, what are they doing? Which is a sin, and more to do with the passive side effect of that situation, which is them refusing to engage in a heterosexual relationship to serve this purpose. And I think that paints uh, that paints an image that applies not just to gay people, but to everyone. You know, straight people too have all these expectations around having to be married, having to have children, having to live their life in a very specific way. You know, if you're a man, you need to uh, do something that allows you to have a wife and children. If you're a woman, you need to be that wife, you know, and so on. So this expectation of serving society, serving, you know, serving your body to society by the way you live your life, and the relationships that you have and what you do with your body is a priority over whatever the hell you think you want to do. Whether that means being a woman that doesn't want to have kids. Whether that means being a man who doesn't want to have any responsibility. Whatever that means, you know, I think it keeps falling back to that central point. Um, obviously, it comes out in a pretty colorful way in their debate about homosexuality. But that's not really the main point at all, really. It's just a question about, is this about this person? Or is this about this person's body serving in some indirect way that society? And it sounds like such a stupid concept, but if you think about it, it's not that stupid at all. It does have meaning. Um, for example, uh, you know, there's, you know, let's say Chinese people, the most populous nation on earth, over what a billion a billion people crazy it's just a huge number so you know at the initial stages of let's say that uh philosophy of uh you know nurturing the value of making people let's say it seems a bit crazy and just a, a bit weird but now that you're kind of at the end of that where you've successfully accomplished it what does it mean it means all these people are a workforce all these people are a family all these people are a culture all these people what you know everything that they are exists because they exist on a personal level but become so much more powerful powerful as a collective and i think that's why you have so many religions and cults and the central the central thing about these is is having children because how can you spread something without actually just having more people in that mix. Of course you can. Hashtag the English language did not make more people. It just it, it just meme memified the whole thing. And so everyone started you know speaking English. Of course there's other ways. But making more people is a pretty decent way. And even if a tiny tiny minority of Chinese people um emigrate to other places, the UK included and then a tiny, tiny, tiny minority of those end up in key positions of influence or power or whatever, that is still enough to actually make a huge uh, 
to make a huge point and to to create certain perceptions in people's minds of what it looks like to be a certain person what it what it looks like to be a scientist what it looks like to be a politician what it looks like to be successful what it looks like to be beautiful and those subtle messages you know collectively create reality so the reward of just making humans is potentially pretty huge actually it's not a stupid concept but the point is you know how much value you assign to that specific exercise kind of explains this attitude towards what are you you know what are people supposed to do with their lives what are people supposed to do with their bodies um but you know outside of this this whole homophobia homophobia in, in bulgaria <laughs> theme um i i do say this all the time you know these issues of sexuality and autonomy and all this that kind of come out in such a colorful way in the debates around gay people and trans people are actually much more an issue i'm not going to say much more an issue but you know just purely because most people aren't gay or trans those issues are spread much more to them and are actually their issues and they're not gay issues they're not trans issues issues around bodily autonomy issues around whether your body is yours or society's or your partner's uh issues around fertility issues around identity issues around gender those things are everyone's issues they come out in such a powerful way uh because you know for example trans people are just a very a very visible uh, acute example of how these issues come out for example you know the expectation that women need to have children that their their purpose is to have children and be pregnant this is an issue for straight people and their relationships this is an issue for cis people and how they live their lives but obviously you know trans people you know almost accidentally happen to trigger these pre-existing issues in a very obvious and strong visceral way for everyone else um there was this video with you know the debate it's a debate apparently of whether you know women should have the right to not have kids and where did this village mental do you notice do you notice it's like there's over 7 billion people in the world it's more than anyone can even wrap their head around but that's a fact and yet whenever we talk about stuff we still go back to that village in south africa 100 million years ago by the way don't quote me on this this, this is not accurate where there were you know the first uh, 1000 people the or the last 1000 people in the world you know barely any people and it's like this woman needs to pop some freaking children out cuz we're going to go extinct you know and it's like wait a second why are you going back to that we are not a village of 1000 people in south africa we are a planet of 7 billion people why do you care what someone does with their freaking body why do you care how someone lives their life i mean seriously snap out of it 
snap out of it, okay? Anyway, and this woman in this video was like, you know, I'm not interested in having kids. I don't see a problem with that. And she said one guy who she was dating said to her, you are so selfish for not giving a man, a man, a random man, (laughs) not himself or, you know, just a man. You're so selfish for not giving a man the opportunity to have kids. And it's like, okay, wait a second. It's not this woman's fault that you're a man and you can't have kids by yourself because obviously he had this preconceived bitterness about needing a woman you know why do i need a woman you know and that's another conversation for another time and it's a it's an important conversation but just for this specific thing uh for him to kind of be like you know what you know how dare you not give yourself to someone (laughs) and it's kind of a big deal you know being pregnant and giving birth and having a kid you know it's a big deal So how funny that someone should feel so entitled to it. And as I said, there's 7 billion people. If this guy wants a woman to get pregnant, there are loads of women that are very much, very much keen. Do you know how many, do you know that this is a thing, you know? It's a thing. There are women who are freaking desperate to be pregnant, right? Uh, There was this article about this woman who... Just, you know, she couldn't find a guy to to click with in a relationship and then hopefully have kids with. So it's funny, isn't it? You know, because we, we're fixated on, on the body and what it can do. And yet, actually, the biggest hurdle is even just fucking tolerating a human for long enough that you can have sex with and have children with. <laughs> actually, that is the body part that you're missing, you know, being able to stand the damn person and communicate with them. What a chore. <laughs> um, so, so she resorted to placing an ad. I don't know if it was a newspaper or something absolutely ridiculous. Just saying, I'm looking for a father. And I think the key thing actually is she wasn't looking for a sperm donor. She was actually looking for a person to become a parent with her. So that was really the difficult part, someone to actually say, yeah, I want to be a parent. Yes, I want to be a father. Um, I'll do that. But, you know, going to a, to a magazine to, to advertise that, you know, I'm thinking of that village of a thousand people and how if a woman was like, I want to be pregnant, there would have been a lot of people lining up for that. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a problem. Um, and in that village of a thousand people, you know, I suspect most of them would have been perfectly happy being a father, even if they weren't the father, because, you know, there's only a thousand people. It doesn't matter who's who. You're all human. Of course you're going to work together. You know, you're going to... You're going to have kids, you know. What's wrong with that? Anyway, so she had to have an ad, and uh, and it worked. There was a guy that was like, yeah, me, me. Uh, and, and she got pregnant, and, and then they apparently they fell in love. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> Plot twist. Um, right. 
uh, I've got I've got a long list of um, quite personal topics. I think the whole point of this podcast really is to go into those personal topics. Obviously, I love ranting, but I think I, I'd rather just kind of make it personal, just keep it personal. I think it's too easy to kind of um, deflect and project. Um, and there's, you know, there's an infinity of things that you can point on someone else. But I think it's important to come back to ourselves. And I don't think I'm going to go into any of these topics in this episode. But I'll just have a little outline, really, of, of the sort of the sort of things that uh, I do want to cover. Uh, there's one about me having sex. Ooh, intriguing. Or rather, not having sex mm. there's a lot about sexism i know the first episode pretty much did touch on that but you know you can never you can never finish talking about that and i think i think it's especially key and especially from my point of view of someone who has experienced navigating life as female and now as male it's very important to kind of understand i don't know why people there's just there's so many cognitive failures that people make it's just mind-blowing where they just think it's a zero-sum game or either or where you know if i don't know if a pear is cut in half that means the apple has to be whole you know and it's like why that makes no sense and it's the same thing with thinking about um what people go through you know well if the women are having a great time the men must be suffering and if if the men are heard, the women must be silent. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. And it's just, I think it's very easy. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a defense mechanism. If you strongly identify with your gender, it's a defense mechanism to find the best explanation to make yourself comfortable and to not feel insecure. Um, and I noticed myself doing that as a kid. Because when you're a kid, it's such a simplistic, stupid thing, isn't it? And you have a lot of cultural prompts that encourage that, you know? All sorts of men, you know, girls versus boys games. And, of course, it becomes part of your identity. But then you start becoming irrational about it. You start purposefully detaching from other people and not sympathizing and not empathizing. And if need be, becoming aggressive towards them as well. And I think that's not a good thing. That that can't lead to anything good. Um, and I think this is a big theme in, in a lot of sexism debates where, you know, it gets, it gets very personal. And there's all these mosaics of experiences from different people that are totally contradicting one another. And it seems as though only one of them can be right. But actually, you know, I think pretty much all of them are right. And they are contradicting. But what physical law is there that says that's not possible? I don't know of any. That is possible. Very much so. And I think that is the case. Um, and so, on one hand, I do, I do want to talk about um, the concept of sex and gender. And I think... I have seen videos by, I don't know why, keep coming back to this, TERFs. <laughs> I suppose it is quite a controversial thing right now, but I think 
I think there's some interesting there's some interesting conversations to be had. And, you know, the difference between sex and gender um, and the arguments around that. And then going back, going back full circle to the concept of, of social domination and the concept of demographics and how we see how we see each other and how we see society. I feel like society has an inner voice. You know, when you read something and there's like this inner voice that you just kind of attach to it. Sometimes online you read something, you don't know who the author is, but you have the image of a white woman or you have the image of an old man, you know. Where does that come from, right? I think those forces are actually the forces that we're dealing with. It's not people that we're dealing with. It's these imaginary personas that we're dealing with. And going full circle back to that, and I actually feel quite privileged to be at this intersection of of male and female, uh, to be at this intersection of a lot of different things, because it gives me the insight and the confidence to talk about things that I think a lot of people aren't, are, are finding very difficult to talk about and very difficult to deal with, you know. But because I have such a loose experience of crossing these very hard borders, you know, I feel like this is a good place for me to talk about this. Um, so I do want to also touch upon um, what's the term... Uh, meninists <laughs> I don't even know what the t- men you know uh, there's men's rights activists but I think there's a lot of specific groups around that but I'm not going to talk about specific groups um, just people's experiences and people's issues and I think when I think when there's a lot of anxiety around being vulnerable that's when things become violent and nasty and because it's funny because i've not i've not had a i don't know like the the, the most default version of any experience in terms of being a girl and feeling like a girl and being a straight cis woman nor having a male experience where people saw me as male you know I had I had an internal experience which is the whole reason I am trans to begin with but I didn't have the external validation and that experience of it but I think that is kind of the perfect combination of seeing how people treat you and being able to see how other people might be feeling in that situation. But also having the flexibility and the opportunity to not be so uh, self-conscious about it, not be so invested. That's the right term. I'm not invested in it. I'm not so attached to it. I was not invested in my experience as female because I actually didn't feel like that. And I'm not 
invested in my experience as male because, you know, whether I like it or not, I had a huge female experience externally. So I am sort of trying to be in line with myself and to honor my inner identity. But the reality of my experience externally with people has been an absolute mosaic of pretty much everything, you know, experiencing the sexism that women go through and now experiencing the experiences that men go through, whether you want to call that sexism or not, uh, there are, I'm sure, you know, I don't know if anyone can argue with the fact that there are experiences uniquely that men are subjected to that are not particularly nice. Um, And I think some of those are very interesting to get into because I think they run very deep. And I think regardless of the present social political, you know, scene that we find ourselves in, I think it's even more interesting to dial it back, really all the way back, and understand where it even came from. I think that is way more interesting. And of course, I do have a scientific background So in terms of, you know, thinking about it on a society level, on an evolution level, and of course on the biological level, on the body level, even more interesting. So that'll be very cool. As always, this is a secret, undercover, low-key podcast. So if you want to whisper something, do it in the reviews. I'll see you next time.